This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. What would you do if you heard someone was coming after you? They were going to take you out of your house, maybe mistreat you, hurt you, going to get your family, get your children. Just what would you do? if you knew the reason they were after you was because you claimed to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what you would do, and I suppose none of us really knows how we might react in a scenario like that. But I want us to study about a man today who was in a situation like that, and I want us to talk about unmoved unshaken. Stay tuned today. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course and that you might know more about it and how to receive it. Why don't we pause for just a moment? To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Today we're going to be reading out of the book of Acts, out of the 20th chapter of Acts, and we're going to be looking at some interesting things that Paul had to say to the elders of the church in Ephesus. And what I'd like to do is to read from verse 17, beginning, where Paul called for the elders to come to, to meet with him. And we'll read down through about verse 24. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And you see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This is what Paul said to those elders at Ephesus. Paul was very aware of what was ahead of him. He was aware that there was trial and tribulation ahead of him. But Paul said, 
None of those things move me. That's an amazing statement for a man to make. Knowing that he awaited trial and affliction, persecution, Paul said, I'm not moved by any of that. He was not moved from God's will by hard work and by trial. He was not moved from God's will by persecution. I call your attention to some verses over in the second Corinthian letter, the 11th chapter, beginning in verse 22, to understand what Paul endured as an apostle and as a minister of Christ. Verse 22 reads, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and tall, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my concern for all the churches. When I read what Paul endured, and yet Paul would say that I am un unmoved. He was not shaken in spirit by what happened to him. He was unmoved by the persecution that he endured. And I stop and ask myself, why would I be shaken with the little things that have happened to me as a minister of the gospel? I have no reason to complain. I ought to have the faith like the apostle Paul. He was even unmoved by criticism. He was criticized. Go back to 2 Corinthians, this time to the 10th chapter in verse 10. For his letters, they say, this is what people were saying, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. That almost be like saying that, well, that man can preach and what he says is true but he's the sorriest preacher I ever heard in my life. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he speaks. I don't even like the way he looks. I don't like his, the, the suits that he wears. I don't like the way he combs his hair. See, Paul was criticized for his bodily presence and for the way he talked. And yet, in spite of the criticism, Paul said, I'm not moved. He was unmoved by the fact that some people that he considered to be a friend departed from him. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, he said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. But he was unmoved. 
He, he was unmoved by the insincerity of other people. Paul, when he wrote the letter to the Philippian church, was in prison. And, and he said in verse 12 of Philippians chapter 1, the things that happened to me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident the whole palace guard and all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident by my change are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. That is, they wanted to hurt Paul even more. But the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. Now, now let's think about what Paul is saying. He said, now there are some people that are preaching Christ, but they're doing it out of envy and strife, and they're trying to do something to hurt me. There are others that are preaching Christ out of goodwill, and they do it because they love me. But then verse 18, he says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And this, in this I rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Even though there were some people that were not being sincere in their attitude toward Paul. They were envious, they were jealous, they were trying to stir up strife, and they wanted to add affliction to what Paul was already enduring. Paul said, well, I just rejoice that these people are preaching the gospel. He was unmoved. And Paul was unmoved to the risk to his life. His life was laid on the line for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, none of these things move me. You know, many are not moved to, to do God's will by things that ought to move them. Why, for example, some are not moved by the love of God. I don't know how a person cannot be moved and touched by God's love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves every man in this world, even those who may be cruel and barbaric in their attitudes. He even loves them. He doesn't want anyone to perish and be lost eternally, 2 Peter 3, 9. God commends His love toward us in that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in spite of His love, some people are not moved. Some people are unmoved by the goodness of God. That is, they ought to be moved by His goodness. Romans 2 and 4 says that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. It ought to, it ought to motivate us to want to serve God. That is, His goodness should. But some people are unmoved by it. If you were to really stop and think seriously about how good the Lord had been to you, I think you would be moved to tears. If you were to think about Jesus dying on that cross, sacrificing himself for you because he loved you. When you think about all of the material blessings of this life, it ought to move us to want to serve God. But some people are not moved by the goodness of God. Some people are not moved by the blessings that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be, but some are not. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul wrote, or rather in verse 3, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In spite of the fact that there are spiritual blessings that can be ours, some remain unmoved. Some are not moved by the fact that forgiveness can be ours. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, unmoved by the forgiveness that can be ours. And some are not moved by the salvation that can be ours. It just doesn't disturb them. It doesn't motivate them. It doesn't move them. But salvation can be ours. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. We ought to be moved by the fact that God loved us enough that he gave his son to die upon the cross of Calvary to save us from our sins and to save us from an eternal hell. And, and then some are not moved by the warnings of God. Oh, God warns people. He warns them. He says it's appointed unto a man once to die and then comes the judgment. He warns us by saying, the judgment is coming. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone must receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Think about it. Think about the judgment. Think about standing before the judge of all of the earth and having to answer for the sins that you've never had forgiven that are in your life right now. You see, if you're a child of God, and you're serving him faithfully, walking in the light as he is in the light, that blood keeps you clean of sin. But you may be a backsliding member of the church of Christ. You may have gotten out of the light. I'd beg you to get back in. I'd plead with you. I'd urge you with all the love in my heart to come back to the Lord. And there may be some of you that believe the Bible is, by, is the word of God, but you've never done anything about it. You may believe Jesus is the Son of God, but you may never have done anything about it. You might even believe that it's important for a person to be baptized, but you've never done anything about it. One of these days, you're going to stand before the judge of all of the earth. How will you answer if you've done nothing about it? Are you not moved to serve God? Why you imagine a person who's lived a very immoral life standing before God on that day? Imagine a person whose life has been filled with lies, one lie right after another. And, and, you know, they've reasoned in their own mind that it's justified. It's justified lying. My friend, you're going to stand before God one day. And you, if you don't have your sins forgiven, you're going to answer for every lie you've ever told. Just imagine a person whose life in their home has made that home a, a place of torment up on this earth. One day you're going to stand before God. You're going to answer for the way that you've conducted yourself in the home. I would urge you to not be unmoved, but to be moved, motivated to serve God. Obedience to God is the essential element you need in your life right now. 
Blessed are those that do His commandment, that they may have a right to the tree of life and enter in through the gates into the city. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 14. Why aren't people moved to serve God? There may be many reasons they're not moved to serve God. Why maybe one of the reasons is hardness of heart. A person's heart can become hard. That's what Jeremiah had in mind in Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 3 when he talked about the people of his day and he said they made their faces harder than a rock. They made their faces harder than a rock. I think there are people living today whose faces have become harder than a rock against God. They've hardened themselves against God. But let me tell you, there's never been a person in all the annals of history who hardened against God who prospered who came out on top. The question is asked in Job chapter 9 and verse 4, who has hardened himself against him and prospered? There's never been anyone to do that that prospered. You may be unmoved today to serve God, but my friend, one day you're not going to prosper when you stand before God in the final hour and you have to give an account of the way that you've lived your life. Some people are unmoved, not only because their hearts are hard, but because they just love what they're doing. They love their sin. I've talked to people who, and I'd talk to them about their soul. I'd urge them to change their habits they had that were not in keeping and in harmony with what God would want them to do. And I've actually had people say, I just like what I'm doing, Brother Lambert. I'm just not ready to change. Well, there is pleasure in sin, In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24, the Bible says that Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I would urge you to, to give up the pleasures of sin, to give up the sin that you love so much. Maybe you're given to the use of alcohol. Maybe you're given to the use of drugs. I I want you to know with the help of the Lord, you can break that shackle of sin in your life. If the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. He can set you free from sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. You must die to that sin. I'd urge you to do that today. And some are unmoved because they just don't believe. An evil heart of unbelief will keep you out of the promised land. That's what kept the children of Israel out of the promised land for 40 years. They wandered in the wilderness. And we see they did not enter in because of an evil heart of unbelief, Hebrews chapter 3 and in verse number 12. And there will be people kept out of heaven who had an evil heart of unbelief. That's called the cause of their not being moved to serve God. And some are unmoved because they are so biased and prejudiced in their attitude when they study the Bible. They don't see the Bible through clear glasses. They see it through a pair of prejudiced glasses, biased glasses. You see, they already have their minds made up what they're going to believe about it before they even read it. In Matthew 13 and 15, Jesus said, This people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. 
The fact of the matter is, you'll never see the truth if you've got your spiritual eyes closed. You'll never hear the truth if you've got your fingers stuck in your spiritual ears. You'll never understand the truth if you've got your heart hardened to the truth of God. You must have an unbiased mind and not study the Bible with prejudice. The fact is, we see what we want to see. We hear what we want to hear. We understand what we want to understand. And so we need to study the Bible without prejudice, without bias. The reason some people are not moved to obey God is because they already have their minds made up. They have a prejudiced view of what the Bible teaches. Let me ask you a question. Will you be moved? Will you be moved? Will you be moved by the goodness of God? God's been so good to you. You say, well, Brother Lambert, I don't claim to be a Christian. I, I don't like Christians. Well, now, let's just assume for the sake of argument that that's right. Let's, let's assume that I'm talking to someone right now who doesn't even like Christians. Or you're not a Christian. But have you ever thought about how good God's been to you? You know, the Bible says in Romans 2 and 4, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. I believe when a person stops and thinks about the goodness of God that He gives you life and breath. He gives you all things. The very next breath that you take has been given to you by the Lord Himself. You wouldn't be alive without God. It's in Him we live and move and have our being. And then you think about the way that God created this world. He, he created this earth to be inhabited. He, he made it so life upon this earth is possible. That's how good He is. And God is so good that He has made some provisions for us for our welfare upon this earth so that we would have food to eat and, and we would have clothes to wear and we'd have houses in which to live, that we could have jobs where we'd earn livings, we could have families, we can have freedom. God is good. He has been so good to the people of America. And we usually say, God bless America. My question is, will God always bless America? And, and unless we began to appreciate the blessings that God has given to us and how good God has been to us, He may not always bless us as He's done in the past. We need to acknowledge Him. We need to be moved to serve Him by His goodness. Would you want God to withdraw all of His blessings from you right now? Would you want Him to withdraw the, uh, the air that you breathe? Would you want Him to withdraw anything that He is supplying you with right now? I don't think there's a soul listening right now that wants that to be done. We're dependent upon Him for our lives. He is so good. But the ultimate expression of His goodness was in the giving of His Son upon the cross of Calvary. Thanks be to God for His unspeakable, His inexpressible gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15 tells us, Oh, He gave Jesus to save us from our sins. What a good God we serve. Would you be moved today by His goodness? Would you be moved by the sacrifice of Jesus? Try to picture Jesus hanging on that cross, nails in His hands and His feet, crown of thorns on his brow, people spitting on him, slapping him, making fun of him, mocking him. Do you think he did that because he enjoyed it? 
No, my friend. He did that because he loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John 15 and 13, the Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a, that a man lays down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for his friends and his enemies as well. Jesus loved you. He sacrificed himself for you. Are you not moved by the goodness of God? Are you not moved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Would you be moved today to believe in Jesus? In Matthew 16 and 16, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you believe that today? Are you moved to believe in Him? Would you be moved to repent of your sins? Acts 3.19 says, Repent and be converted, that your sins be blotted out. Would you be moved to confess the sweet name of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is referred to in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12 is the good confession. Confessing Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Would you be moved to be baptized that your sins be washed away? Why tarriest thou rise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord? Acts 22 and verse 16. Would you be moved to do that? Would you be moved to be dedicated to Him for the rest of your life, to live a life of total commitment? The Lord, in writing a letter to one of the church, seven churches of Asia, said to them, Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. He wasn't saying you be faithful until you die a natural death. Absolutely not. He was saying you be faithful even if you have to pay the price of giving your own life to serve me. Be faithful to death. I'll give you a crown of life. Paul in 1 Corinthians 4 said, It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Will you be moved to follow Jesus wherever he takes you? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. Would you follow Jesus today? I hope that you will. My prayer is you give your life to him as a believer by being baptized. For he said, he that believes is baptized shall be saved. I want to urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you need help in locating where, where the church is, you call us. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you as my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Please,